1,000 Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Chris Darren. This is Top 1,000 Radio. It is episode 40, song battle number 39. We are rapidly approaching a milestone uh, where we will be on our, our we will have uh, rated our 200th song. We're, we're coming up on it. Um, I am quite enumerate, so I could get my math wrong, but we should be ready by Saturday to do our 200th song, which will be something else. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're adding new people all the time. And, uh, I just, uh, just am, uh, humbled as they say. Okay. Not really. Uh, <laughs> but that's, people say that I've, I've explained why they do that in, in another episode, but, um, I am flattered that people have, uh, decided to listen to this little old, little bitty radio program, fake radio program, actually. Um, and please hit the follow button. Please rate the show five stars. Um, if you want to talk some serious crap about the the uh, blog, the podcast, do so in the comments. I'm going to put a poll up at the end of this, by the way. I forgot to do it uh, at the end yesterday, but I did finally put it up. But I'm going to put the Challengers poll up on Spotify. So, you know, when you click on the episode, you should be able to go into the show notes and find the the poll for the challenger poll. I want everybody, everybody's a member of the censorial layman and women, uh, unless otherwise designated council of learned elders. So if you don't already know you're on the council of learned elders, you are a member of the censorial layman and women, and you can go on there and vote in the challenge poll. And I go by that. Okay. I, I stand by your, your, uh, vote when it comes to the uh, challenger's poll. Okay, whatever song you guys pick, that's what gets on the list. All right, so that's you guys have power. You guys are like the House of Representatives. Okay, so uh, exercise your authority. All right, over this show, you have very little, so you want to exercise all that you can. Okay, um, we are on iHeartRadio, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you want to know exactly what it is we're doing here, check out episode fifteen. That's our long explanation of, of our process. Uh, we are also uh, at top1000radio.blogspot.com. There you can see the lists. I'm in the process of putting all of the past song battles up there so you can kind of go through and see uh, see how the songs have uh, have have been ranked and you know what, kind of the nuts and bolts of what's happening. Um, and uh, I'd like to see your guys's. You know, you guys you guys can use Blogspot. To make your own lists and we can share them around and you know make fun of each other it'd be a hoot okay give our method a try all right i'm going to just do uh today in uh in rock history i'm not going to do any birthdays uh, most of these are from 1980 actually on uh april 19th 1980 for the first time ever the top five artists on the u.s country charts were all female crystal gale Number one, Dottie West, Debbie Boone, Amy Lou Harris, and Tammy Wynette making up the rest of the top five. I've actually seen one of those artists live. See if you can guess which one. Uh, Also, on this day in 1980, 32-year-old English singer Brian Johnson joined Australian group ACDC, known in Australia as Akadeka, replacing Bon Scott, who died after a drinking binge in February 1980. 
All right. On the same day. So this is a big day in 1980. Uh, Blondie went number one on the U.S. singles charts with Call Me, featured in the Richard Gere movie American Gigolo. Uh, the track was also number one in the You Don't Care and I Don't Either. Um, now, this is a weird one. This is from 2010. This is the only non-1980 uh, uh, event. A week at This is April 19th, 19, 2010. A week after the Catholic Church officials published an article in the Vatican's Le Observateur Romano newspaper that said they forgive John Lennon's remarks about the Beatles being bigger than Jesus, Ringo Starr rejected their forgiveness. The newspaper's editors had written, the Beatles said they were bigger than Jesus and put out mysterious messages that were possibly even satanic. But what would the pop music be like without the Beatles? Ringo was unimpressed and replied, Didn't the Vatican say we were satanic or possibly satanic? And they have still forgiven us? I think the Vatican, they've got more to talk about than the Beatles. This is kind of the Catholic, that was, I, I'm only doing this so I could do my Ringo impression. And I didn't rehearse, so if it was terrible, blame it on the lack of uh, preparation. Um, but this is the Catholic Church equivalent of when Richard Nixon agreed to meet Elvis Presley. Okay. If you don't know that story, there's like two whole entire movies dedicated to, to that. So, but like long story short, Nixon kind of thought, you know, oh, the kids will like me if they see me with Elvis. But it was like 1970, 71, somewhere in there. And, uh, Elvis was already, you know, way past passe with the young people. And, um, so I think the Catholic church, uh, <laughs> might want to update their, uh, you know, their what's cool file. You know, they probably have a file on that, right? On what's cool. And it's probably last thing in it was the Beatles, I guess. And they probably need to, you know, yank that back out and get cracking. So, all right, let's go on to our song notes. Roll Gypsy Roll from Leonard Skinner's fourth studio album, 1976. It reached number 20 on the U.S. album chart and was certified gold on January 20th, 1981. Highway 61 Revisited, the title track of the 1965 album, Highway 61 Revisited. Highway 61 runs from Duluth, Minnesota, where Bob Dylan grew up in the 1940s and 50s, down to New Orleans, Louisiana. It was a major transit route out of the Deep South, particularly for African Americans traveling north to Chicago. St. Louis and Memphis, following the Mississippi River Valley for most of its 1,400 miles. Can't Kill Rock and Roll from Diary of a Madman, Ozzy's second studio album, 1981. Though the album is regarded quite 
favorably today, reviews upon its 1981 release were often less than enthusiastic. Jay-Z Considine of <coughs> Rolling Stone, for example, opined upon the album's original release that the songs here are a little more than riffs with a vocal line pasted on top, and referred to Rhodes as a junior league Eddie Van Halen, bustling with chops, but somewhat short on imagination. The magazine, however, would change its tune and later ranked the album 15th on its 2017 list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time. Ultraviolet, Light My Way, the 10th track from U2's 1991 album, Octoon Baby. Ostensibly about love and dependency, the song also lends itself to religious interpretations, the listeners finding allusions to the book of Job, and writers finding spiritual meaning in its invocation of the light spectrum. The song's composition and recording incorporate both serious and throwaway elements, in keeping with the rest of Octoon Baby. While not released as a single, the song has appeared in two films and a YouTube business venture was named after it. Welcome to the jungle. From Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction, 1987, reached number seven. In 2009, Welcome to the Jungle was named the greatest hard rock song of all time by VH1. Rolling Stone listed it on their 500 greatest songs of all time list. Former professional baseball closer Eric Gagne used the song as its entrance music during his career. It also serves as the unofficial anthem of the Cincinnati Bengals. And there you have your song notes. Okay, now we are going to get into our... Well, this is a new, new uh, uh, I'm get, doing away with the artificial ignorance. I think we've pretty much proven our point that, uh, you know, chat GTP is, uh, is pretty much garbage. Um, and we're, and we're also going to, uh, change up the way we do the lyric. We're not going to do a lyric battle, like a couplet battle. Um, instead we are introducing, we're going to class the joint up a little bit with lyrics and literature okay where i find a lyric and i try to think of something from literature that it reminds me of sometimes it's pretty direct as you're going to see um here in a minute okay so we're going to start with roll gypsy roll and the verse that i pulled out from that was gypsy's life's a story and it's one that's never told he's always hungry he's always on the go with no tomorrow it's how it seems to be when you're moving around from town to town um, I pulled, uh, well, most of these are going to be, you know, I think 
most of the songs on the entire 1000 song list are going to be um, Jack Kerouac on the road. That I think most of the literature, literary references are going to be there. But no, I don't. I'm, I'll try not to do too much Jack Kerouac, okay? But this one I uh, pulled from On the Road. Because he had no place he could stay in without getting place he could stay in without getting tired of it and because there was nowhere to go but everywhere keep rolling under the stars um so uh you know the the any of the songs you know uh, turn the page roll gypsy roll uh there's literally dozens of tiny dancer dozens and dozens of these songs about being on the road um and they all are are bittersweet kind of you know kind of things uh Jack, Jack Kerouac's on the road is a celebration of of being untethered and uh, not having anywhere in particular to be, uh, but to be everywhere. Beatnik nonsense, I I you know I agree, um, but it contrasts with uh, the all of the the bands that were kind of you know coming out of the rock and roll or the rock the the classic rock hippie era. Um, they were all kind of weaned on Jack Kerouac and the beat poets where they had this romanticization with being on the road. And then the songs come out (laughs) where it's not as cool as I thought it would be, man. It's like, it's hard work, man. And like, I want to just go home, man. You know, that's kind of what the, you know, you get uh, all the way to Metallica. Uh, what's that song they did? Uh, um, oh gosh, I can't remember it now, but it's about being on the road and, you know, James Hetfield's always whining about being on the road, you know, and I, I get it. All right. You, you, you grow up and you have this dream of being in a band and, and seeing the world and touring and all that. And it's, I'm sure it's just a, a load of fun at first. And then after a while, it's like, Gah. you know, probably the, the band that best had, had perspective on it all was Rush. Okay, they, you know, they didn't party, uh, at least not like most people, most rock bands do. Um, they, they went back to their room. They had a routine. You know, uh, I know Getty Lee at least got super into baseball, so he always had, you know, uh, especially this time of year, he always had a baseball game to, to go and get lost in. And uh, you know, uh, Neil Peart was a huge reader, so he was always reading something and. Uh, eventually got into, you know, he got a motorcycle and liked to, you know, like to see the, the sights that way. So they just kind of embraced the road on a more, uh, kind of, uh, mature way, <laughs> I guess you would say. All right. Uh, okay. So then we move on to now highway 61. This, the, this is a lot. Okay. Uh, starting with the first, just the first, I'm just going to do the first, uh, verse. Uh, oh, God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but the next time you see me coming, you better run. Well, Abe said, where do you want this killing done? God said, out on Highway 61. And this is a reference to Genesis 20, chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morat." Uh, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Skipping, skipping, skipping. Um, when the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time and said, 
By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, th- this and not have withheld your son. See, what had happened was Abraham was about to do what he was told, and then God stopped him, and he provided a ram for the sacrifice. But he took this as, all right, Abraham, you're the man because you, you, you were willing to go as far as anyone's willing to go. Um, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as sand that is on the seashore. So the, the, the covenant between God and Abraham that becomes the covenant between God and the children of Israel uh, is established there at that moment where Abraham showed 100% true faith. Now, some people, some people take this as, uh, you know, God is this capricious, uh, uh, even like needy, entity well you know <laughs> this is that, that that's what the book of job is all about okay and there's references to the book of job uh uh probably in that last verse okay but if you don't understand the book of job like if you don't if you don't know why the book of job is the way it is you look you got to look at that that sacrifice that abraham was willing to to go through okay because why wasn't job who was by all accounts upright and moral and righteous? Why wasn't he chosen as the, you know, the patriarch of, of the children of Israel? Um, he did. He he didn't quite reach the level of faith that Abraham did. Okay, and so uh, so anyway, we'll, we we can talk more about you know theodicy on another episode. But that that's a that's a, um, a theme that comes up quite a bit. All right. Uh, and then we got, you can't kill rock and roll and they don't really know even what they're talking about. And I can't imagine what empty heads can achieve. This one put me in mind of something from Friedrich Hayek, Friedrich A. Hayek. Uh, he was an economist, a, a, a Nobel prize winning con- uh, economist, uh, which they don't, I think actually give a Nobel prize for economics. I think it's Nobel adjacent or something. I don't know. Um, But he said, the curious task of economics is to demonstrate to men how little they really know about what they imagine they can design. All right. I always like that quote because um, like Ozzy said, you know, um, most people don't even know what they're talking about and can't imagine what empty heads can achieve. Okay. So, um, there's a the the in the field of economics knowing what you don't know is probably the most valuable insight for an economist okay um and but i mean it goes it goes it with a lot of things um with religion it it probably most of what is said about religion comes from people that don't really know what they're talking about. And again, you can say that about a lot of things. Okay. But I always thought, I always liked that quote and, and that song reminded me of it. Ultraviolet. I remember when we could sleep on stones. Now we lie together in whispers and in moans. When I was all messed up and heard opera in my head, your love was a light bulb hanging over my bed. And this is a, a, a slight reference to Genesis chapter 28, verse 11. And he, Jacob, came to a certain place and stayed there that night because he because the sun had set taking one of the stones 
of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. So Jacob was sleeping on a stone, just like Bono. And I assume he's talking about his wife, Allie. They've been married. I mean, they were together in high school and they've been married ever since. Um, and uh, I think he was uh, referring to his early days, his young, their, their, their youth when they were really kind of on fire going to some kind of, they belonged to some kind of charismatic uh, Christian, non-denominational Christian group. And, uh, you know, he's, I think he's referencing that, I think. All right, then finally, welcome to the jungle. Uh, welcome to the jungle. It gets worse here every day. You learn to live like an animal in jungle where we play. If you got a hunger for what you see, you'll take it eventually. You can have anything you want, but you better not take it from me. Okay, I'm going to start with another on-the-road quote because it's specific. Um, Kerouac says, L.A. is the loneliest and most brutal of American cities. New York gets god-awful cold in the winter, but there's a feeling of wacky comradeship somewhere in some streets. L.A. is a jungle. And welcome to it. He didn't say that, but he said L.A. is a jungle. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, Kerouac wrote this back in the 50s, I think. And if L.A. was a jungle in the 50s, what is it now? Yikes. But I mean, I've been, I've been to downtown LA. I've been in parts of LA that are supposed to be really bad. And I guess they are. Okay. Uh, but especially now with all the homeless encampments, that that's something that's fairly new. Um, there's always been skid row and everything, but I mean, the, the homeless encampments are kind of everywhere now. Um, but I've been down in parts of LA where, you know, you're not supposed to go (laughs) if you, if you have my hue, um, I, I never felt unsafe, you know, uh, I don't know what I worked down there. I, well, there was one time we were at, uh, in South central doing some work, uh, the night of the second Rodney King verdict. And when, and, um, it was late, real late at night. And, uh, I guess they had announced the verdict. And so people were coming down the street holding a banner and at first I was kind of, oh, but they were from a church and they were, you know, they were waving and smiling and saying, bless you. And I'm like, no, bless you. <laughs> you know, I was up on this big old pole sign trying to put a tarp over it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I never got that, that idea of LA being brutal. I'm sure it is, but you know, I, I grew up in the dirty South and, it can be pretty brutal too. Okay. So I don't know, you know, you can, you can get kicked in the face with a steel toe, toe boot anywhere on the planet. So, um, anyway, uh, what the, the, the first thing that popped into my mind though, was this quote from Thucydides, the Greek historian, uh, the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must. And that goes well with that line. You can have everything you, anything you want, but you better not take it from me. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that's a that's a you know uh, a morality that um, drives much of the world. the The idea that the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must, and and the weak often finds leverage. The weak will find leverage by exploiting the strong and their their values. So if if a a strong culture has 
values of tolerance. Okay, the weak will exploit that and then get on top, and then they become the strong and they will do what they can, and then the formerly strong have to suffer what they must. Okay, the only way out of that that morality is to to and there's 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 other competing moralities that are very similar, like the who what they call the who whom calculus, uh, Stalin and Mao and the those dictators were big on that. I mean, it's just the who overcomes whom. That's that's the the core of your morality. Who over who overcomes whom? The communists overcome the capitalists. The proletariat overcomes the you know the bourgeoisie. You know that kind of thing. That's that. And so if that's the only question then anything's on the table, lying, cheating, stealing, kidnapping, violence, murder, whatever. It's all on the table um, because who overcome whom is the only. So it's a, it's a similar type of morality to that. And the only, the only morality that can replace that and, and lead to a civil society that's actually fair and just is the golden rule, you know. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you you just decide which one you think you know fits you best. Okay. All right. Now let's get to our council of learned elders. We are going to start with Emo Sean, and then Artillo is going to back clean up. G'day, top one thousand radio listeners all over the globe. This is Emo Sean coming at you from an undisclosed location somewhere in southern, sunny Southern California. Let's get ready to rumble. Number five. You can't kill rock and roll. Ozzy plus Randy equals fire. These guys put out some of the best metal ever. Ozzy was Emo Sean's favorite artist and considered Ozzy larger than life. Until... The very first time Emo Sean saw Ozzy live. Emo Sean couldn't believe he was going to see Ozzy and his opening act Metallica. Whoever suggested Metallica as the opener did not do Ozzy a favor. Ozzy's show was good, but not Metallica good. Emo Sean wishes he could have seen Ozzy and Randy Rhodes. Number four, welcome to the jungle. This song is Emo Sean's workplace. He feels some days like he has walked into a jungle. GNR rocks this. Slash is burning it up. He's not leaving much jungle left. Emo Sean loves the synced guitar, bass guitar, drum hits. It's just amazing, especially toward the end. And the cowbell. Emo Sean always needs more cowbell. Number three, Ultraviolets. Emo Sean says, interesting. Baby, 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 like my why. Bono, Bono <laughs> isn't singing why, the exact same why. The Psychedelic Furs sang Love My Why, but it did remind Emo Sean of that tune. This is a middle of the road song for Emo Sean. Number two, Roll, Gypsy, Roll. Skinnerd! Emo Sean does not know this song. It's okay. He would not have it on his definitively pl- definitive playlist. Number one. Highway 61. Emo Sean likes the lyrics, but not Bob. Emo Sean lived near Highway 61, actually. 
Still, Bob gets only one. Emotion wishes you you all a fond farewell. Yo, this is Artillo breaking it down for you again. My top five here is Roll, Gypsy Roll. Yes, Skinner has to work hard to not get that from me. At four, Highway 61 Revisited by Dylan. This is a great song. It's absolutely not my favorite version, but I think I have an unpopular opinion. Anyways, my favorite version would have beat out Skinner in the battle. But this is a great song. It's a great blues song, and it's an answer to an even greater blues song. Number three for me this time around, Ultraviolet, Light My Way by U2. Maybe I should like this song more than I do. I love the intro. It's got a track laid down by howling chords, by vocals rolling in like waves. There's a note in the main vocal line that hits with shivers. It's that ninth over the C-sharp minor. It hangs on there for a bit, and then it ends on a C-sharp major, which is very surprising after all that haunting stuff. And then just as it does, there's this slightly sour high B thrown in there, and it's like, ooh. And then something else weird happens. He sings, I want to get it right. Right? Wrong? Right? It's interesting. You swear he's saying wrong until all of a sudden he's saying right, and then you think he was probably saying right all along. Do you think that's an accident? I, I don't know, but, but it doesn't feel like it. There's one other funny thing. The sometimes I feel like lines are hitting me just like chili peppers under the bridge right now. And I was like, why? Well, it's weird. Yeah, they're both saying sometimes I feel like, but I think it's because they both have a mid-lyric pause after the word like. And U2 is using B, A, G sharp, F sharp, E, walking down here, in the key of C sharp minor. Under the bridge is in the relative major, that's E major here, and it's going G sharp, G sharp, G sharp, F sharp, E. It's almost the same thing, it's, it's basically in the same key. At, I don't remember feeling that way back when these things came out, both of them in 1991, but I guess a few decades later, they just feel incredibly connected. I never liked Under the Bridge that much, but I absolutely love the intro of Ultraviolet. It goes way downhill for me from there, though. It's just boring to me, and that's really sad, but uh, whatever. Continuing on with You Can't Kill Rock and Roll by Ozzy. It just feels a little recycled to me, and so gets a two here, even though I appreciate the words. And the bottom, the last, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses coming in at one. Hey, I, I hate this song, and it's not their fault, but what can you do? That's what happens when you're a soundtrack person. This song began to be hated years and years ago with one movie, and it has almost, almost been redeemed in recent years with another movie. But it's just not quite there yet, and, and it's still getting a one from me here. This has been Artillo.
keeping it spicy. Okay, thank you, Artillo and Emo Sean. And yeah, I'd never, I hadn't thought about that uh, connection between the Red Hot Chili Peppers under the bridge and Ultraviolet. They were, they were around, they was riling around at the same time. And uh, that's weird. <laughs> I can, you know, I can feel what it was like, like I said the other day, you know, I was in my big old Buick Park Avenue cranking, uh, Octoon Baby, and, you know, that song, yeah, I'll get to why I like that song here in a minute, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, the smell of that car and the, the heat, because I remember being summer, I was working as a, as an electrical sign, uh, installer and fabricator, and, uh, yeah, I just remember it being hot all the time and, you know, and that, that was the soundtrack, you know, that was the, the, the Octoon Baby and Red Hot Chili Peppers and a bunch of other stuff. That was the soundtrack of that, that period in my life. So, and then, uh, what was the other thing Artillo said? Well, uh, I don't know what movie Artillo was referring to. The first movie... I think that song was in was a it was a Clint Eastwood movie and I'm trying to remember the name of it but uh Jim Carrey played I think played the the killer and he was doing a like a music video uh, of that song so yeah really weird okay uh and then yeah emo Sean I also lived near uh highway 61 and I saw you out there uh you know trying to trying to knock the the signs off of a Domino's delivery truck. You know, Emo Sean would stand on one side of the the street and, uh, you know, I don't know, one of his friends, Country Cowboy or Tater Joe, one of those would stand on the other side with an extension cord and when the Domino's delivery truck would come by, they would they would pull it tight and see if they could yank the, the sign off. I think, uh, I think Emo Sean got drugged a few times. Um, probably why his uh, pants are so tight. So, all right, let's get to our polls and, uh, Night Ranger, Christian, uh, Christian, sister, sister, Christian blew away the competition, blew Sloop John B out of the water. Uh, Santa Monica didn't even register. Um, that's the first beach we went to when we moved to California. A friend of our, a friend of mine, uh, Russ, who's actually, hopefully listening right now. Um, he, he should be on the council of learning elders. Uh, loves him some, uh, some Skinnerd. but, uh, we, we said, Hey, yeah, take us to the beach. You know, we, you know, he's like, which one do you want to go to? And we're like Santa Monica. Cause that's the most famous one, at least back then. And, uh, and it was, a <laughs> it was an ashtray, man. That was the dirtiest beach. <laughs> it was like, and it was, you know, it wasn't a good day to go to the beach. It was kind of overcast and cold and, you know, disappointment uh you know right but boy we 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 got into the beach though we we uh our favorite we found our favorite hangout uh uh part of i think it's part of huntington beach called bolsa chica and uh we started our own little little uh party crew the bolsa chica brew crew and uh, i think emo sean gave them a shout out gave us a shout out he was emo sean's right there in the bolsa chica brew crew and uh providing the you know the helium and all that but uh 
BC squared, we called it. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, yeah, we didn't party a whole lot in Santa Monica. I can tell you that. But yeah, Sister Christian is our, our winner, gets on the, gets on the list. And now let's move on to the song battle polls. The Council of Learned Elders this time included Artillo, Amos, Sean, Joel, Steve, and McKnight. If I left anybody out, let me know. I, I, you know, um, it's kind of hard wrangling these things sometimes, getting everybody's, uh, getting everybody's polls put in here. But uh, the it was a tie for first place between uh, "You Can't Kill Rock and Roll" and "Welcome to the Jungle." They got sixteen apiece, and in second place would be "Highway 61" with "Roll Gypsy Roll" in third, and then last place would be "Ultraviolet." Okay. The censorial layman and women, um, the top vote there would have been ultraviolet. Welcome to the Jungle got the obligatory five because I, I left that. It's uh, We'll see if it's going to be my winner. Okay, I, I haven't been keeping up whether or not my obligatory five ends up winning the whole thing. Um, excuse you. Um the Slaw House came in for Ultraviolet Light, like I said. And then it was a tie for second between You Can't Kill Rock and Roll and Roll Gypsy Roll with Highway 61 coming in last. So the total, uh, Welcome to the Jungle gets the the win when you total them up. But that's only because it had the obligatory five. Uh, you Can't Kill Rock and Roll would have come in first otherwise because it came in with 18. And then you had a tie for... Uh, third with uh, Road Gypsy Roll, Highway 61, and then coming in last on the, across the board would be Ultraviolet Light. So it's we were all over the place. The Cold Saw Congress uh, was just splattered everywhere, just like it would be on a slaw burger. So, um, but I like it like that sometimes. All right, so what's my verdict? Okay, but I, I need a gavel. I keep forgetting to get one. Um, I'm going to give my five to You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. Okay, I was just talking about soundtrack to a you know we all have soundtracks to different periods in our life and that one was you know uh late junior high or early ninth grade um driving i think we i my first concert that i ever went to that wasn't you know uh uh they used to have these concerts at the levee uh pretty big you know acts coming through there you know olivia newton john Tammy Wynette, for those of you who are trying to guess earlier, um, usually not, you know, musical acts that I later got into. They were either has-beens or up-and-coming. I think Olivia Newton-John was there in her early country period. Um, oh, gosh, I forget. Uh, Ricky Nelson, you know, like that. So they were, you know, fairly big acts. Uh, so I would, you know, I'd been to plenty of those. Uh, but the first like con- rock concert where they're actually playing the kind of music I like, <clears throat> it was this cover band. Um, they, I think they did some originals, but I think they were called the M16s. And we drove out, you know, to some I don't know park or something uh, to see them. And I, I remember listening to uh, Diary of a Madman on the way out there. And you can't kill rock and roll for some reason, just stuck with me on that ride you know and then uh, you know i think i've told the story before i used to go into my bedroom and crank diary of a madman and uh just lift weights just lift and like you know 
can't kill rock and roll. Okay, I'm going to do, you know, as many sit-ups with dumbbells in my hands as I can until this song is over, you know, st- stuff like that. So, but uh, musically, I just think, I think Randy is doing some um, extremely interesting guitar work on that one. It's not, uh, you know, some boring riff with vocals over the top, like that idiot from Rolling Stone said. It's, it's some really sophisticated stuff okay and the and just the sound of it is to me amazing like whatever they did to achieve that sound was awesome um so that's my five my four is going to be roll gypsy roll i know i promised russ i was i was going to make sure skinner won every battle but um they usually will <laughs> uh, but that it be, getting a four ain't losing okay getting a four is is uh is pretty good that's gonna keep that that song on the list for a long time and i i i just i like i like that has a little bit of a uniqueness to it as far as skinnard song goes skinnard songs go um the guitar work is is kind of unique on that one i think uh then my three is going to go to ultraviolet light um that one uh is not my favorite off that album, but that that's not saying very little because because uh, I like a lot of those songs on there and I like that song. It it uh, the intro's great, like Artilla was talking about. Uh, the rest of the song for me, I like that groove. It gets into this real kind of comforting groove that uh, uh, it's hard to explain. It's almost like an acoustic guitar without the acoustic guitar. It's it's a you know they they were going for that electronic dance sound <clears throat> that was going on in Berlin at the time, and uh, but it, it it had that same kind of effect on me uh, when I hear it. Okay, <coughs> starting to get a little smilkus in my connect because oink. All right, welcome to jungle. Only gets a two, even though. <laughs> that that's a great i know I, a lot of people hate it because it's overplayed i get that um but you know to me it just has everything you want in a in a good hard rock song um you can't really hear uh some of the guitar on it uh at the beginning in the 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 intro there's some really cool guitar licks coming out but <coughs> they get buried in the in the mix when you're listening in the car uh but if you got your your earphones on i think you can hear it and it, to me that's it makes it more interesting and i'm gonna have to give highway 61 revisit a one and kick it to the curb okay there is a curb on highway 61 and we're gonna kick this one to it um probably some of the most interesting lyrics uh on the on the list um i like it music musically i tend to like bob dylan songs because of the music i like his instrumentation the way the way they <clears throat> uh, mix piano and guitar and organ sometimes and i i don't <clears throat> i don't like the whistle i think the whistle is ridiculous i know they were trying to be whimsical and you know uh spontaneous but uh it's it's pretty stupid <laughs> i'm sorry it's <coughs> it doesn't work for me okay all right our next challengers poll we got steve winwood on here again we're gonna go with higher love all right 
Then we got Blondie for the first time is on the list. One way or another, we're going to go with that. And then our boy Peter Frampton is back, uh, and we're going to go with Show Me the Way. So let's see how this one... I'm. This is interesting because I have really have no idea how the censorial laymen and women are going to going to vote on that one and the Coastal Congress, your guess is as good as mine. But I am going to put this up as a poll on this episode. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Um, and you want to, you know, you want to vote on that. All right, our next song battle. This one's a trip. Um, it's pretty romantic. <laughs> it's like a, 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 a full-on romance, chill. It could be a wedding playlist. Okay, we got Salisbury Hill, Peter, uh, Peter, Peter Gabriel. We got Can't Help Falling in Love, Elvis. I literally sang that to my wife at our wedding. Okay. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. All right. I sang that on our first anniversary. No, I, I never sang that song. That one's kind of like the least uh, romantic. Got like a s- song. Oh, shoot. I messed up. Okay, I'm going to have to change this. Let me Let me take a break real quick. And I'm black. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, <clears throat> I, I forgot about my rule. I didn't really because there are a couple of songs that came up from the same bands that were on the last song battle, and I and I redid the number jar. I forgot to do that with like a song by you too. So I that one's not going to be on the list. Continuing with our <laughs> our chill romantic uh, theme, uh, "Dog and Butterfly" by Heart. That was a song that just came up when I ducked out to uh redo the random number generator and then uh my boy john mellencamp with ain't even done with the night okay he he's john mellencamp's kind of a um you know meatloaf when it comes to romance you know he's he tends to be a little bit anti-romantic with with some of his songs they're um they're kind of like a a greaseballs uh version of romantic okay (laughs) Um, okay, that is our song battle and everything is done. Our agenda has been achieved and we are going to play out with another Reckless Ways song. And this one is called Yours and Mine. I really like this song. Uh, gosh, good memories. All right, you guys have a good one. I am out of here. My mind is clean.
didn't know 